You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. We're going to be in the book of Colossians, as I mentioned earlier, Colossians 3, verse number 15. And uh, I'm going to be uh, just talk to you about the thought on who's making the calls in your life. Uh, as you know, I am a sports fan. Uh, among my favorite sports, uh, either my first or my second favorite sport is baseball. Uh, but whatever the sport is, one of the most underrated participants in any sporting event is the officials. You know, the ump, uh, the ref, whatever you want to call them. A good ump can make all the difference. If a game is officiated well, well you seldom think about a referee. A ref or an umpire represents the game and enforces the rules. And I just was thinking, again, who's making the calls in your life? The reason I say this is because in Colossians 3.15, the Bible says, And let the peace of God rule. Rule. And again, I'd like you to underline, circle, mark that word rule. It literally means umpire. It literally means umpire. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called into one body and be ye thankful. Let the peace of God rule. Okay, I'm going to show you some slides here tonight, I believe. We got them ready. Uh, Okay, so these are just some calls, for instance. Uh, I don't know how much you know about baseball, but that part of the plate, there is no plate there, and that was a strike three on somebody, okay? So just an example of a bad call uh, in baseball. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, man. Oh, I think I went the wrong way. Let me go this way. No, I didn't. Okay. Um, man, this one. Okay, Th- this one is a, this was a terrible call. This is the ninth inning with two outs. Ninth inning with two outs. This is June 2nd, 2010. Uh, the guy standing on first base is Armando Galarraga. He had, up to this point, pitched a perfect game. Uh, This guy hits a little infield slap, uh, you know, ball. It goes to the first baseman over in the slot. Pitcher runs over to first, gets there in time. But guess what Jim Joyce uh, right there does right after uh, this moment right here? He does this number. Safe. One out away, and that's the out. Uh, from a perfect game, uh, but that's the call. It's a bad call, really bad call. Uh, all right, I got a worse call than that coming though, and I'm going to get salty on this one. Uh, this guy, it's probably because he's a Yankee, but this guy is safe. Any Yankees fans? Uh, this guy is a Yankee, so that's a Brett Gardner sliding into first, and obviously he's safe. Apparently. Now, here's the one. Any Twins fans in here? Oh, man, where's this slide? This is the important one. I'll just let you get there. Okay. Are there any Twins fans in here? Okay. This is in, uh, this is in the World Series um, in 1991. Uh, World Series, okay? The... Uh, uh, the Twins at this point are winning about 3-2. to two. Uh, Ron Gant got on first. He, he, he moved a guy over to third base. Uh, it's early innings, but still. 
uh, this is the World Series. A guy hits a, uh, I believe hits a fly out to uh, center field. Ron Gant runs off. He runs back to first base uh, in time. But uh, the Twins people would say he collided with Kent Herb... <clears throat> Can't really say it without getting sick. Kent Herbeck. <laughs> you go watch this. Go watch this video. Literally, that big first base knucklehead, I ain't going to blame it on the, I'm not going to blame it on Kent Herbeck, I guess. Because literally, what he does is when Ron Gant gets back to first base, he takes that glove, as you can see, wraps it around his leg and picks him up off of first base. You can watch the video. What's the umpire say? Out! Shut up. I mean, if that's the way we're playing now, drag you off base, tag you, he's out. Well, you, you drug me off of base. Okay. Uh, and we did get, go on to be robbed in that World Series uh, and lose the game. And it was mostly because of that right there. Uh, it really was. And I'm talking facetiously a little bit there. But man, you talk about a call. Uh, and I will tell you something kind of funny. For those of you that don't know, that on the, uh, the 20th anniversary of this happening, uh, the twins actually did a, uh, a bobblehead night, and that was the bobbleheads. They had, uh, him, they had uh, Kent Herbeck holding up his leg and all that, but again, that's the umpire's fault. Uh, bottom line is, it's really important to have a good umpire. It's really good to make sure the right calls are being made. Now, here, the Bible says, believe it or not, there's somebody making the calls in your life. There's somebody who is calling either safe. There's, there, there's an umpire that are calling some things in your life safe. There's an umpire that are calling some things out. There's an umpire that's calling some things inbounds. There's umpires that are calling some things out of bounds. The question is, who is the umpire in your life? As I mentioned, the word rule right there was the, is the, where we get our word umpire from, and it was used for someone who was an umpire. If you, if you know much about the Greek culture of this time, they loved their sports as well, and, uh, and this word was literally used for one of those guys. So it's literally him saying, let the peace of God umpire your life. It's the only time in the entire New Testament that the word is used, which is interesting, but the Bible says that the peace of God is supposed to be an umpire in your life. Paul uses this word to tell us that the peace of God can work and make calls in your life. Make calls in our hearts. The Bible says, let the peace of God which pass... Uh, I was getting on another thing there. Let the peace of God which pass all understanding dwell in your hearts and minds. But he's saying here, let the peace of God... Uh, rule in your hearts so literally what he's saying is let the peace of god determine make the um make the decisions about in other words do you ever have detrimental emotions that attempt to exert control over you we all do or over your life try to throw us into an emotional frenzy uh, we can stop it from happening by making the choice to let God's peace rise up from deep inside of us and like an umpire or a referee, moderate our emotions. And as we do, we will be kept under the control of divine peace as it rules in our heart. When this divine umpire called peace steps into the game, it suddenly begins to call the shots and make all the 
decisions instead of fretfulness, anxiety, worry, which I know kind of go in the same category. The peace of God. Now, the umpire. A good umpire knows the rules. Uh, we were playing a game uh, years ago, and it was just so funny. Uh, the, the boys were a little bit younger, and this is, they had other kids calling the game, and uh, there, was, uh, there was an infield fly. And if I remember, Evan, I can't remember, I believe that we may have been up to bad, and, uh, and the kid just didn't make the call, and uh, John Gale goes running into, uh, infield fly, you know, infield fly rule, infield, infield fly rule. If you want to know what that is, ask Chad after the game. Okay, after the game, <laughs> after the, uh, the, the message tonight, uh, but Chad began to ask this kid, what, and then the kid just finally had to admit, I don't know what the infield fly rule is, <laughs> and then John just had to say, okay, but when you have a, an ump that doesn't know the rules, it kind of can be hard on the game, <clears throat> And so, uh, so when a disagreement arises in the game, the umpire rules. Man, I forgot your picture of Todd Helton. I forgot to get to that one. There was a, there was a picture of Todd Helton, first baseman for the, for the Rockies. The dude was like six feet off of, there, there, there it is, there it is. Uh, that's an out. No lie. That was 2017, I think. Or it was a little earlier than that. But anyway, uh, probably a little earlier than that. But anyway, uh, that, that's another one of those. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Nathan, uh, but uh, the, the idea is that, that Christ's peace, and we're going to talk about exactly how that works in just a moment, let Christ's peace be an umpire in your life. And the tense, go, the tense carries the idea of continually being an umpire. So every day we are faced with decisions. Every day we are faced, this is really another way of preaching a message that, or, or emphasizing a principle in the Bible that I emphasize a lot, and it's about our thinking. That's really where what this is all about because we are we, we have thoughts that come into mind we, we we encounter pressures on a daily basis we encounter challenges on a daily basis how are we going to react who makes the call on how we react who makes the call if we decide that we're going to worry who makes the call if we decide we're going to get angry you know when that's what feels like is being called for that's what feels like necessary there's something inside of us that says this is a good time to get angry this is a t- good time to lose it. <clears throat> this is a good time to freak out. In other words, there's this official that's telling us that's within the rules. But the problem is, it's the wrong official. For instance, how many times is the official in our life our family history? Well, Grandma was a worrier. Mom was a worrier. And I'm just a worrier. Now, I understand that there's people that are definitely more predisposed to worry. There's some people more than others. I understand that. But at the same time, that doesn't just we don't have to surrender and be a victim of our of, of our heritage or even our DNA. We can literally say, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to use that as an excuse. But but that's what we're doing. We're letting that make the call. We're making things make the call, like you know, getting angry. Well. I've got a right to be angry. I've got a right to defend myself here. There is righteous anger. You know, that's probably not said enough. Jesus exercised righteous anger. But I I, I dare you to show me one time when somebody was doing something, that when Jesus' anger came from something that someone was doing to him. Did he get mad when when they hit him, punched him, 
put a crown of thorns on his head, mocked him, blasphemed him. Did he get mad any of those times? Nope. Because that's not what righteous anger is. Just understand that, okay? Righteous anger has to do with someone else being hurt or harmed uh, or another injustice. It's not about me. But again, who makes the cause? So, so what happens is we're allowing the wrong things to make the cause in our life. Uh, not the peace of God, not the Word of God, because we're going to close in just a moment showing you how the Word of God is the basis for the peace of God. It's the rule book. It's the rule book. <clears throat> That's, you know, I, I think about like games, uh, you know, if you've, ever, if you've ever played just pickup games, you know, we, uh, I know Chad and I used to play together quite a bit. We play pick, pick up basketball to where, you know, you call your own fouls, you uh, do these things. So there's not a referee coming to, to uh, ref our games. So we call our own games. If we foul somebody, foul, got him, you know, whatever. We call our own games. Well, I'll tell you something. Those aren't always called right. But outside of bragging rights, there's really not a whole lot on the line, okay? Uh, so it's not, I mean, now some of those guys, I'm not too sure, you know, but for most of us, there wasn't all that much on the line, really. Uh, and at our age, we were just trying to leave intact and not limping out of there, which uh, I think that's how most of us just about ended our careers was limping out of there. But, uh, but anyway, but when it comes to a major game where there's a lot at stake, and it don't have to be a major game, if it's, if it's a game that young people have put effort and time and prepared for coaches of coach, it matters that it's called right. And of course, the higher it goes, the, more, the, the higher the stakes are. But folks, God says, this game that we're in, there's a contest going on. But it's not a game. But it's a contest. There's a contest between... For, in order for us to really have victory, we need to let the peace of God be the one calling the shots in our life. And... What we do a lot of times, because think about this, when I, was, when I was preparing this message, I was thinking about um, what kind of umpire, what, what's the contrast in umpires? Because God's peace is an umpire that's calling things right. Um, you know, I was thinking about this emotionally speaking. Let's see if I can find this, because obviously I'm uh, off my notes here, but I, I was thinking about our, our, our thoughts, our feelings. I was thinking about the anger, the peace, um, whether it's anger, whether it's worry, whether it's anxiety. You know, isn't it interesting that a lot of times these are the things that fear, fear is another big one. These are the things that kind of trigger other sins in our lives, really. Uh, and because of, because of, say, fear, it may cause us to start leaning on the wrong things and, 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 and as, even as God's people, we can be trying to find crutches in our lives. And you've got to be real careful about leaning on a crutch and asking God to help you at the same time. That's what the children of Israel did. They said, we're going to, we're going to call uh, Pharaoh, we're going to call the Egyptians to be our allies against the Babylonians and against the Assyrians and whoever. We're going to ask the, Egypt, the Egyptians to be on our side. And God's saying, I don't want you to trust you trusting in me but they wouldn't do it but they kept leaning on the egyptians and saying okay god uh, he we, we need you to help us and we need the egyptians to help us and god said no you got to let go of that so sometimes fear can get us to lean on things that we ought not be leaning on uh anger it's interesting you know i i remember hearing this about pornography especially uh how that a lot of times for people uh pornography is more of a fruit than it is a root 
In other words, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it shows a, a different problem. It shows that there's a problem. Pornography is a problem, and being addicted to pornography is a problem. But a lot of times, where it starts is just with some anger, some rejection, some loneliness, and not dealing with these things, not letting God's peace be the one who call how you handle these in, internal things. And sometimes these are just triggers that will get people to turn to pornography, for instance. I remember finding that was an interesting thing in our study. But I, but I was trying to think about What's a good example about who's making these calls in our life? What's the good example of a good umpire versus a bad umpire? And then I started thinking, man, that's not the, the, the contrast isn't between having two actual officials. The contrast is kind of more like this. You imagine a game being played to where, just imagine that you have umps that show up to the game or referees or whatever the case may be. But just imagine that the game starts off, you know, it's basketball season, now it's wrestling season. And just imagine that that's a basketball game. First quarter, you got the refs out there calling the game. You know, everything, it's all good. You know, there's a foul called, there's a travel called. Well, pretty soon you start the second quarter and some random dude just comes over off the bench, somebody's dad, and just says, Travel! Okay, what do you do then? What do you, what do, you do when, when the other coach is over there yelling, foul! Happens all the time, don't it? But what happens normally when this is being called and the you know, coaches are over there screaming for fouls and screaming for uh, you know, travels and screaming for all this stuff the whole game? Does, that can, by the way, have some bearing on referees sometimes, but for the most part, a coach can be over there yelling foul all he wants to. Does that mean they're going to put the player on the line to shoot free throws? It doesn't, if you don't know. Uh, you know, it doesn't mean that at all. I mean, you, you, you can, then, then all of a sudden you have a, a, just a, another kid come out, or maybe one of the players comes over. Evan used to be so fun to watch. Uh, he still is. Just watch him a minute. You'll see what I mean. Um, but when he, used to, when, he, when he played basketball, especially when he was a little guy, he was so fun to watch because he would play and officiate. He would play, and he was such a good defender, he might cause the guy to travel. But if he called the guy to travel, anybody want to guess what he would do? He'd be looking at the ref, you know, travel, travel, you know. And or, or foul, or, you know, I mean, he would just, all these things would be just so funny. He'd be calling the game as he played. It was a lot of fun to watch. But not one time <laughs> did Evan call a travel, and they stopped the game and let the other team, or let his team take the ball out of bounds and take it back down the court. They ignore those things. But here's my point. Too many of us as God's people, we live our lives that way that would be, is that not chaos to think about that just randomly you know you say it as a coach sometimes i mean was something a ball or a strike you know i should, one of the first things i showed was a strike way out here was that a strike it wasn't a strike but it was a strike you want to know why it was a strike the official said it was a strike okay and we know that that's not in the strike zone but the, but the, but that's the point that i'm just simply trying to make but here's the thing too it, it would be chaos if we just let random, un unqualified people come and just make the calls on a game. 
But folks, we're talking about our lives here. And there's too many of us that that's how we live our lives. We let, God, we let God's peace make certain calls in our lives. And so, in those cases, there's order. But there's other times to where instead of ignoring these other voices, these other calls, we ignore God, we ignore God's Word, we ignore God's peace, and we go with our own way. The Bible says we need to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. So, I, I thought about this. Think about the, how often the Lord speaks of peace. John 14, 27, here's what Jesus said. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. One of the great things about peace is peace is not the absence of troubles. Peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is, is a, it's, it's a calm in the midst of the storm. I love Psalm 46 where the Bible says, God is our refuge and peace. So the Lord desired that His disciples and us, He said, these things have I spoken to you that your joy may be full. He wants us to have joy. Ain't God good? He wants us to have joy. He wants us to have peace. This is a legacy, the legacy, one of the legacies that Jesus left us when He left. Nothing is more wonderful and beautiful than the calmness, if you think about the Lord Jesus Christ, as He walked among the storms of human foes. Diabolical temptations that came against Him, like the steady beams of the lighthouse shining calmly over a wild waste of howling waters, Christ, the light of the world, shone in quietness of soul over all the storms and tumults that He had to face. Now He says, My peace I give to you. In other words, have you ever thought about it this way? The peace of God, Christ. Think of it this way. How much peace did Christ have when He was walking this earth? How, how often did Jesus freak out? Right? How often did Jesus make the wrong decisions? Now, I, I understand as I say all this, I understand that we're human. I understand that we are sometimes going to let the wrong things make the calls in our lives. But by the grace of God, the Lord wants, wants us to allow. What's that very first verb in the verse? Let. Allow. Let. It's up to us. We must let the peace of God rule. He's not going to force it on us. But if we, it, the, the, the goal is, if there's no other goal, think of it this way. By this time next week, maybe there's some places and some things you can identify in your life to where when all of a sudden you're faced with an emotional decision or an emotional reaction and, and, and you want to think a certain way, do a certain way, because remember, when it says, let the peace of God rule in our hearts, our, the, when the Bible speaks about the heart, the Bible's speaking about our thoughts. Our feelings. It's talking about our emotions and, 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 and our will. It's talking about all these things. Let God's peace rule. Let God's peace say, no, that's out of here. Amen? That's 2 Corinthians 10. Bring every thought into the captivity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, by the way, I, I, know, I know there's, I have friends this way. I've had family this way. Uh, my, my aunt, uh, you know, she's, she's with the Lord now. But, uh, but I, I, it, was the, it was the craziest thing. I would talk to her on the phone sometimes before I'd go over to her house and see her. Um, 
And I could almost tell, and it got to be like just a, not really a game with me, but I would get, I'd, I'd talk to her and she'd be a little angry and a little, maybe a little nasty, maybe a little just, just fretting over something. And I'm thinking, huh, let's see. And I'd get over there and she'd be watching the Real Housewives of something or another. Without fail, that's what would be on TV. Or it would be uh, some below deck, something, I don't know. I, I can say, thank the Lord, I've never watched that garbage. But that's what she'd be. But then there'd be other times I'd talk to her, Miss Tony, and it'd be just like, you know, boy, she'd be just doing good. And I'd be like, well, that's interesting. And I'd get over there, and she'd have a Bible opened over here and a book opened over there. And, uh, and maybe she'd have the Waltons on TV or something, you know, uh, or Andy Griffith on. And it was, it was uncanny i could talk to her on the phone and i could tell you what she had been taking into her eyes and ears and her thoughts and uh there's some there's i've got friends they'll they'll come up to me and man alive listen they're worried to death man we ought not be worried we ought to be concerned we ought to pray i mean man i i want to see uh you know this i want to see the heartbeat bill stand and uh you know i want to see uh you know you know think about the things going on in our country i want to see the best for our country uh i really do but i'm not worried about it that's why there's certain news people i listen to and certain ones i will not there's news people that i agree with 100 percent that i will not watch because they're all whiny and all negative and all fussy. And I'm, and I'm like, I'm not watching that whiny dude. Don't even want to hear it. No, thank you. Uh, not watching it. And all I'm just simply trying to say is that you can tell Jesus left us a peace. So when we talk about the peace, think about how Jesus, Jesus didn't freak out when he was on this earth. Okay? His anger was a holy anger, not a losing it anger. Okay? Um, the peace of Christ. Think about the peace of God. It's been a crazy couple of years, yeah? It's been a crazy couple of years. If, if at any point you've imagined God sitting up in heaven on His throne, sitting on the edge of His throne, chomping on roll aids and walking down with Maylocks, you know, just like, boy, I wonder how this is going to turn out. You've got the wrong image. God's not worried. That's the peace of God. That's the peace of Christ. That's what Christ wants us to have. His peace. That's what Jesus said. My peace I give unto you. <laughs> what a gift. What a gift. My peace I give unto you. My peace I leave you. And so every day, throughout the day, there's a battle for our hearts and minds. There's two conflicting sets of emotions, two opposite opinions, each clamor for control. Remember, I say it all the time, but you can only think one thought at a time. Let the peace of God say, nope, out of bounds. Not thinking that. You start thinking too negatively about your spouse. Uh, you need to say, ah, that's out of bounds. You know what? I'm going to stop thinking about some of the great things about my spouse. Robin, that's got to be a challenge sometimes, don't it? He's over here, he's over here pulling for that Herbeck play. Are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> but he was a big WWF fan, and uh, that's one reason they, they said that had to do with it. But anyway, um, 
But you 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 got to say that's out of bounds now. So I'm going to control that. I, I, you can only think one thought at a time. Um, you know, a lot of times for us as God's people, and listen, I'm, I, I know that there, there's legitimately, uh, just I, I believe, just as, as a person can uh, be physically sick, they can be emotionally sick. I really do believe that. Um, but I believe that people can make themselves emotionally sicker uh, and literally change their, I mean, it's actually scientifically proven, so it's a good thing to believe, but that people can literally uh, change the, the way their brain works by continually dwelling on these negative things um there's no doubt about it you can make yourself sicker uh that way but the point that i'm just simply trying to make is by the grace of god we've got to learn to uh there's there's an old saying you don't hear much anymore but i think of it from time to time there's an old saying anybody any of you remember that are my age or older perish the thought perish the thought um that's a good saying perish the thought and this is a contest we have. Our opponent is our emotions, fear, anxiety, depression, and anger. Um, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God's peace is a guiding principle for the child of God. So, um, can, we have, can we have the kind of peace, the kind of peace that shined in Stephen's face as he was being rushed by the mob there in Acts 16 or 6 verse 15. Can we have the kind of peace that made Peter sleep? This is one of those little things you can miss. In, in Acts chapter number 12, Peter was sentenced to, to die. Cool story. I won't go into it too long, but I'll give you a real quick one because it's a good story. Uh, he was sentenced to die. The church gathered together. I was having an all-night prayer meeting to pray. And you know, that's a good thing to do, by the way. They called a prayer meeting, got together to pray, Lord, deliver Peter. An angel goes and wake, has to wake Peter up. It's something you kind of miss in the story. He actually had to hit him on the side, the Bible says. But something you miss in that is, wait a second, Peter was going to be killed the next day, and an angel having to be in there, cock-a-doodle-doo, you know, wake up, uh, Peter. Uh, because he was sleeping so hard. But anyway, the great part of the story, the way it ends, is the angel leads him right out of the prison, right to the, right to the house where the church is gathered together praying. A little girl comes, answers the door, and says, uh, she, she comes back and says, Peter's at the door. Remember, what's the church in there doing? Lord, please rescue Peter. Lord, answer. And they said, girl, quit telling stories. We're over here trying to pray. They didn't believe that God had answered and did what they, exactly what they were trying to do. Kind of cool. But anyway, Peter was sleeping. That's the kind of peace we can have. We might die tomorrow, preacher. Yep. <laughs> Maybe. But I'm going to sleep good tonight anyway. Amen. Uh, listen, uh, Acts 16. Uh, Paul and Silas in jail. We can have that kind of peace. We can have the kind of peace that when Paul... Man, I tell you, it's, Acts 27, you talk about something scary sounding when they're out there on the, the, on the sea... And they're about to be shipwrecked. That sounds so scary. But Paul's out there and said, hey, the angel of the Lord stood by me. And I'm telling you, it's going to be all right. I've got the peace of God. You can have that peace. And this is how we can let the peace of God make the right call in our lives. Notice what the Bible says there in verse number uh, 16. And this, this is it. You know, I've been, I've been alluding to this all night. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. So in other words... We need to let God have the run, God's word have the run of the house, so to speak. Dwell means to fill at home. 
Kick off your shoes. Uh, that's what dwell is. We'll talk more about that last week. Or last week. <laughs> Spo- spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I've got some really big news for you Sunday because we're going back in time, man. Uh, 90s were great, okay? Um, but here's what Paul's simply saying. If you want to know where to start, start with the rule book. This ain't a book of rules, you know, but you understand what I'm saying as far as the umpire part goes. Start with the book that says what's inbounds, what's out of bounds. Start with the Word of Christ. Get to know the Word of God, and you can do it. It starts with reading it. It starts with just getting in there and reading it. It starts, you say, well, I don't understand it. Good. That means you can stop and look it up and study and try to learn something about it. Amen? Uh, but read it. L- you know, listen to it. Uh, you know, I, s- some of us like to listen to it while we read it. Some of us just like to listen to it. Others just like to read it. But one way or the other, get in the Word of God. And that's how we can let. And so I'll end with where I started tonight. Who's calling the shots in your life? Who's calling the shots in your life? By the grace of God, may we learn to ignore these other things that we know just is not the will of God. We know is not the Word of God. And so uh, I'm, I'm going to have Barb just come play something softly just right before we dismiss tonight. Let's all stand because I just want to ask you tonight again, Is your life chaotic? Is it one minute you're letting God call the shots and the next minute you're letting something else call the shots? Maybe tonight you don't want to humble yourself. Would you be the first to come and just say, Lord, I want you calling the shots. We all struggle. That's why God has to remind us of these things so often.